morning, everybody. Um, I got to preach this morning. Before I do, let me pray, Lord. Um, thank you for your presence in this place, Lord God. Uh, the time that I has to come to your word, Lord God, and that uh, is what it says. It's that it's living and active, Lord God. Thank you, and we rely on that this morning, Lord God. We rely on that Lord on the thoughts of mine, we rely on that Lord on the life to convince anyone. When he even ever convinced anyone else of anyone, he can never convince anyone of anything. Um, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come. We just even say our hearts to say to me, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. We don't have anything else. We don't want less than you. We don't want anything that's not from you. Come Holy Spirit. Um, we ask that you would do what you want to do in these moments. That you sit on your word. Um, that it would accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. So we surrender to you. We ask our ears would be open. We ask our hearts would be open. Our minds would be open. Um, that you would give us your grace, Lord God, to, uh, to really count to you this morning. And um, for you to do what you want to do, we surrender to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, yeah, I want to preach this morning from a piece of scripture that, um, well, look, if you're part of the Liberty, you'll have heard me reference it over the last, over the last year or so, right? Because, like, I came, I came across this on the 5th of July last year. I know the date because it was in our Bible project plan that we read, you know, chapter of the New Testament each day. And uh, it follows the same dates each year. Um, and I also had this like devotional thing that I read on the 5th of July. So tomorrow I go off on holidays to La Mata in Spain, looking forward to a couple of weeks in the sun. Um, and this time last year I was there in that, in that same place. Um, and on the 5th of July I read these verses, or this verse really, from 2 Timothy 2, 2 which was uh, verse 1. Um, it says this, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is Christ Jesus. And that's really just what I want to share from this morning. Kind of just by way of testimony, by way of praise to God. Um, this time last year, that verse, that verse changed my life. You know, in your life you have kind of some pivotal moments, some moments where you just know God does something, changes something, there's something established in you. There's been a couple of them throughout my life. And, and this one last year, based on this verse, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Um, like I say, last year, around this time, I was away on holidays. And in the run-up to it, I was probably as close to being burnt out as I've ever been uh, in my life. 17 years at this ministry gig, 2006, I left my job to go and work for the church. I think 17 years on, I'd have copped on how to do it sustainably, how to do it in a way that doesn't burn you out, that doesn't, that doesn't wreck you. Um, but I found myself probably just at my lowest ebb, like energy-wise, right? Um, like, and some of it was just like, some of it I was physically wrecked, right? I, I didn't manage, I didn't get COVID all through COVID. I, haven't, I still haven't got COVID, but I managed to get everything else that was going around, right? When COVID just avoided that and picked up everything else. And I had a couple of times where I was sick with the flu and, and a few things throughout the year. And I think I ended up with like this like post-viral fatigue, right? Terry put words on it at one point, where I was just, just bandaxed, right? Just, just wrecked to go to bed and sleep all night, like sleep a full night's sleep. And then during the day again, need to go to bed again and could sleep for two or three hours and then get up and still do the same, just like, just wrecked. Sit down to try and write a sermon or sit down to try and do some work and just blurry, no, no attention span. Then it's like feeling down about feeling wrecked. You know when you're used to being productive, you used to be able to get stuff done and you can't stuff that used to take you or should only take you a couple of hours and it's dragging on into days and you kind of get down about that stuff and uh, just wrecked. And then secondly, I was also, I was also running out of... Um, out of motivation, if I'm honest. I felt like God had put things on my heart for the church 
and like was trying to, to work towards establishing them, trying to work towards making them happen, communicating them, trying to get people on board, and uh, just felt like there was roadblocks in the way all over the place, yeah? I felt like, I don't know if anyone's ever, like, I felt like I was trying to push stuff forward, right, but I was on a big bungee cord or something, right? That was constantly, I felt like if I take my foot off the pressure for a second, I'm just going to be, like, whipped, whipped backwards. And that felt exhausting. I felt like you're just constantly trying to, to push. Um, and I was just, yeah, just wrecked. A multitude of things just happened in that, that I, that I was realising quickly, I suppose the last 17 years of ministry looked like me accumulating a load of responsibilities <laughs> and never giving any of them away, right? And just like taking on, taking on more and more things. And I just came to the point of realisation that I can't, I can't do things. And it's probably, it sounds arrogant to say that, right? It's probably one of the first times in my life I've got to this space. I'm used to being able to just grit my teeth, figure it out, like go and make something happen, right? Like make it happen, like just, just do it. But I found myself for the first time not being able to do stuff, realising that I couldn't, I couldn't pull these things off. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't really a nice feeling, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, and then to compound all of that, right, just to get you into the, the space where I was at, like the relationship with the Lord suffered um, over, that, over that time. Because um, I felt like I was doing all these things for God, right? And as I was doing all these things for God and they weren't working out, I became frustrated, kind of, I suppose frustrated with God. And the relationship just kind of drifted off course, it became functional. Um, I'll be doing these things, doing these things for God, still doing ministry, still doing the best I can. There's moments of, of goodness in it, do you know what I mean? But the overarching kind of theme was just this feeling wrecked. And I probably drifted a little bit into resentment, um, resentment even towards like the Lord and like my relationship with him and the things he called me to do. Um, and work became like this incredible pressure for me, right? Like, for most of those 17 years of working for ministry, it was just this joy. I get to go up and do whatever. Do you know what I mean? I get to go up and do whatever the Lord's placed in my heart. And then he placed some things in my heart and I'm working. I tried to see them through. And it didn't seem to be getting anywhere. Feeling like it would be pulled back. Sick all the time. You know, feeling wrecked. And, uh, and, um, and I still did the things I was supposed to do. I still did Bible reading and I still prayed. Um, but I kind of did them, I suppose, because they were my job and I had to do them. <laughs> um, and so there was this dysfunction that happened between, between me and the Lord. Um, and it probably played out in, in strange ways. Like, so we, we, we practice this Sabbath every Saturday, right? Where just switch our phones and spend time um, just away from the pressures of work, right? And stuff. And what, that's, what Sabbath's meant to be is resting in the presence of God, right? But it became kind of dysfunctional to me where I needed to like, rest away from the presence of God. That's what it felt like. Because um, I think I probably shared with you one time, but we, we were watching The Chosen, and one time it was like Saturday. I'm treated like we were watching an episode of The Chosen. I'm like, no, it's Saturday, that's work. Like, I felt like work to do anything that was related to. I started thinking about God in my head and walking into what we have to do in ministry and what we have to do in development leaders and what we have to do in the church and all that sort of stuff, right? So this weird dysfunction happened. And then I just found myself just, you know, just escapism. I just escape into whatever. Like, just, oh, I just need some more headspace. Go off into the mountains by myself or go off into my phone by myself or go off into TV box sets and just, you know, try and just detach from whatever. Um, but it didn't work to the extent where, like, around, around June last year, um, it, was probably, it was coming up on, uh, probably Patrice, like, I started working for a school, and she just, like, finishing up for her holidays. And I'm like, man, that kind of job sounds attractive to me. That, that kind of, two months off in the summer, finish at two or three in the day, no real pressure outside of the, the space, just go on and do the job. 
And like I started thinking, well, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go and do a master's or something in education, go and try and get a job as a lecturer or something, and then I can do ministry kind of on my terms or something, or like I still do the Soto stuff in the summer, or still do whatever. I found myself even like kind of asking, like, with the Lord, I'm just just trying to be brutally honest before you, right? This is the, the, the place I was, where I was like, Lord, in some ways, will you release me from some of these things? That, uh, that I'm doing, which isn't a good place to be, you know? So if you're, you're asking to be released, you feel trapped, yeah? And so, like, once in a while, I just, I'll achieve this now, do you know what I mean? I get this thing that you've asked me to do, once I get that over the line, let me go and do something that, that brings me joy, I've lost my joy in stuff. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's feeling, feeling that way, and um, hadn't really said it to anybody, probably. Maybe I'd mentioned it, you know, half in passing, like a bit of a sentence. How are you feeling? Oh, a bit wrecked, a bit tired. And uh, I sat with two friends of mine. There's two guys, uh, Steve and Kieran, and uh, we run a thing called the Dublin Collective, which is for people who want to plant churches in Dublin, like a networking thing for, for church planters. And uh, we were meeting to plan the next year's one, and uh, we went for a walk in the Phoenix Park, and they made the mistake of asking me how I was doing, and I just like blurted out <laughs> all of this stuff. Here's what's going on, and here's why I can't get this off the ground. Here's what's happening, and here's this conflict that's going on, and here's blah blah blah. And uh, and they listened, fair play to them, and they prayed with me. And uh, Steve, good friend, he just kept pointing out, Rob, you know that's you know that's a heart issue, yeah. You know that like I'm listing off all these things. We just had more people. We just had more finances. If we just had more time, if I just had people to run this thing, like then that would be good. But he's like, you know that's a heart thing. You know actually, Rob. If we took all of those things away from you in six months, you'd have picked up another set of things to 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 do, yeah, to make you as busy. And uh, I didn't want to hear that, but he was right. I reluctantly kind of accepted. Yeah, it probably it probably is something. And uh, I knew I was going away on holidays in a week's time. I was like, I'm going to go and spend some time with the Lord. Um, and at some point they were asking me about stuff, and I was using this language. I'm like, lads, I just don't have grace for it anymore. I just don't have the grace for it. That's the word I was using. I don't have the grace. And Kieran. Kieran popped on and the other friend. He's like, what do you mean you don't have the grace for it? What's, why are you using that word? And I was like, I don't, I, I don't really know why I'm using that word. Maybe it's because I'm a Christian. It's in my language. Do you know what I mean? What I'm saying is I don't have the energy for it. I don't have the desire for it. I don't, I don't feel driven uh, to, do, to do that stuff. Um, yeah, and so just at that place, I don't know if anyone can empathize because they've been at that place in life. Maybe it's not ministry. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's family stuff. Maybe it's ongoing, just life. Things that you've been waiting to happen haven't happened. You know, you're living in the in-between. Um, frustrations, ways that you thought life would turn out and it hasn't turned out. And you just live in this kind of, live in this kind of funk. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I went away. I went away on holidays and God was gracious. So God, is, God is good, right? Um, I went away and uh, I found myself waking up before the girls um, each morning. Um, just, I don't know why, just, just waking up when the sun got up. And uh, I got down to this little, um, this little beach hut, Blondie Beach Club or something it's called, right? On the, or on the seafront. And uh, is that what it's called? Blondie? Uh, just a little like, cafe. And uh, I got down with my like, notebook and my Bible. And uh, first morning I went down there, it was 5th of July, and opened up um, this, this my Bible, Project Reading for the Day, and the first verse, Second Timothy chapter 2 was the chapter for the day. And the first line I didn't get past was this, it said, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You then, my son, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And they jumped off the page and he was like, there's that word again, there's that word. I remember Kieran, why are you using that word grace, Rob? Why, uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Why, why? And I'm feeling weak and I'm saying I have no grace. 
I can't wait to be with the Lord for a verse. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The grace that is in Christ Jesus. So what does that even, what does that even mean? And, um, there's this devotional I read on the same day. And the Lord conspired with the devotional spoke about the same thing. I'm going to end with reading the devotional to you. Um, but as I began to think about it, usually guys when we talk about grace, right? We talk about the way that, that we get saved. Yeah, we're saved by grace through faith. Yeah, that it's, and we, we speak about it rightly so in those terms. That Jesus does everything from first to last to make us right with God. It's this acronym, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. It means this, that, that God gives us everything that Jesus deserves as if we lived it ourselves and, 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 and earned what he earned. And instead Jesus took everything that we deserved as if he'd lived that way. And he's punished for it. And I get that. I get that as the entry point. That's what we preach. That's what we believe in. That we're saved by grace. That we don't do anything to earn God's favour. We can't do it. It's all been done. When Jesus said it's finished, it meant that it was finished. Yeah? That we enter in. Ephesians 2 says, For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works that are known can boast. Right? So I got that. And, and we all get that, hopefully. Yeah? That that's the entry point to relationship with God. And it's by this thing called grace. God gives you as a free gift what you couldn't ever hope. Couldn't ever hope to earn. Eternal salvation of your soul. The promise of eternity with him. His presence in everyday life. His favour upon you. Him being able to call you son. Being able to call you child. Relationship with the Father. All of that is like just this gift of grace. And, and we preach about that. But what does it mean then? Be strong in the grace of Jesus. That doesn't really... That definition of grace, right? Doesn't really, doesn't really fit with this command to be, to be strong. And the, the context typically goes on about persevering in, in things. You know, it's, it talks about you know living with eternity in mind. It talks about yeah, just, just doing what God has, has called you to do. But it opens with this, this command: be strong in His, in His grace. And maybe on one level it could just mean well, think about the grace of God and what God has done for you, and that would be motivation for you to keep moving towards Him. But that still kind of just leaves you to yourself, yeah? That leads you towards, well, God has done all this, and now in return I have to do that. And that can lead to just where I was at, this repetitive, like, struggle, this striving, this feeling burnt out, feeling low. Um, and as I read that devotional, and as I dwelled on those verses, first day, and that, that bar, just writing, just writing down stuff in my notebook, the penny dropped out, the grace of God expands beyond our salvation and into every aspect of our lives. That there's not just God's saving grace, but there's a thing called God's enabling, enabling grace. And another aspect of this great disposition that God has towards us, this, this given disposition, this desire to, to give to us what we couldn't have, extends beyond just what happens with your eternity into what happens with your, with your now. With the very real things that you face, that you face into today, that you can be strong in the grace of the Lord. What's that saying? It's saying that if you need strength, receive strength as a gift. From God. Grace is the gift of undeserved favour. And grace means undeserved favour means you don't have to do anything to, to earn it. You can just you can just receive it. You can just you can just have it. And I think that in the same way that he gives us salvation by grace, he'll give you strength by grace as you look to him for it. Um, not just God's saving grace, but his enabling grace. Because the Christian life is tough. Um, it's too tough. You, you can't do it. <laughs> but, uh, but Christ in you can. And I think that's, that's key to what happened in my life that day. I want to I look at a few, a, few of these, a few of these verses, a few other verses that will support this. Now, if you throw up the next, the next slide, see where the word grace is used here. Right? So look, Titus 2, 11-12, Paul says, 
for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, right? Which we would usually speak about grace in terms of salvation, right? But then it goes on, training us. What is training us? The grace of God has appeared is training us to renounce all godliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Meaning, the life that you're called to live happens as a result of the grace of God that's appeared. Yeah, right, tying it into it. The second one, Philippians gets even more explicit for, it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So who's at work in you to make you, to make you into a better person, to make you into what God has called you to do, but to will and to work for his good pleasure? You might think there's things that God wants you to do, and you go after them, but who's really at work, this verse says? It's God who's at work in you. The next one, John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. We know this, Jesus said this himself. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And then these words at the end, for apart from me you can do nothing. Apart from me you can do, you can do nothing. I realize that a lot, a lot of my life looks like doing so apart from God. And probably not amounting to a whole lot other than frustration apart from me you can do nothing what if Jesus actually meant that what if that's true when he said that he wasn't lying that apart from me you can do nothing the next one there's another slide map 2 Corinthians 3.18 and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another right so this picture of beholding the glory of God and being transformed being changed the stuff that we want to see happens in our life going from one degree of glory to another how does it happen this comes from the Lord who is the spirit it doesn't come from your self effort doesn't come from your smarts doesn't come from your self discipline doesn't come from reading the right books this comes from the Lord who is the spirit Next one. And God is able to bless you abundantly, it says in Corinthians, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound because God will bless you. That's not, guys, just God will bless you with the finances you need for whatever it is. You know, we usually put it down to just the physical things. I think it means the motivation, the desire, the tenacity, the vision, the perseverance, the strength it takes to even live out this life, that God will provide all of those things. And then Hebrews 4.16 says this, let us then approach God's throne of grace. This throne is called the throne of grace. Grace. With confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Like God's disposition, his heart, his, his posture towards us is one of grace. His throne is called the throne of grace. Imagine if you were to approach the throne of a king, you'd like be approaching it kind of trembling or reverent or in awe. But what the throne is called the throne of grace, meaning the throne of undeserved favor, meaning the throne where I just dispense out everything, everything that you need. It's saying we can approach that in our time of need um, and find grace, grace to help us, grace to help us. God consistently, I'm convinced, is wanting to dispense whatever it is that we, that we need. Again and again, Scripture expands on it. And this idea that, that, that God isn't just in what happens, but your eternity is in what happens now. And I don't know why sometimes we're fooled into thinking that God doesn't care about the here and now. Like, I've done it, I bet you you've done it, the majority of Christians do it. Saves, I have this intellectual faith, believe I'm going to heaven. And then live in some sort of like functional relationship with God where he's the boss and we have to impress him. We feel bad when we do the wrong things. We feel good when we do the right things. But like our feeling is dependent on how we're doing in any, in any given day. Yeah? We live in that way. But all the while the grace of 
God wants to be extended to us in our, in our everyday lives. We think maybe God is interested in like the big stuff, but not in the, the little stuff. He's interested maybe, or maybe you think God's only interested in what I do for him, like ministry-wise. So uh, the grace of God, I can have that when I step into some ministry, but, but he's not in the 9 to 5, he's not in the walls I have to put up with, he's not in the struggles I have in my home, he's not in the struggles I have in marriage. Like, I mean, we relegate God to, to the churchy stuff. Or you might think God isn't in the sin that I'm struggling with. I'm on my own to sort that out. Yeah? I need to sort that out and then I can, and then I can approach God. What if the way that we sort it out is to actually avail of God's grace into the, the middle of that thing? It's his pleasure. We saw that. He's out working all things for his pleasure. It's his pleasure to be out working us. He extends that grace to us because he loves us. When we go to God for something that we need, it's not like, not like I don't know, an annoyed parent who's been bugged for the hundredth time that day with a kid looking for something. Do you know what I mean? Just constantly. Like, I love Penny, right? But yesterday, I don't know what it was. Like, I need to get her a key or something. Yesterday, she rang the doorbell about 20 times. Do you know what I mean? And every time she rings it, like, Again, then it's, then it's not her, it's one of her friends. Do you know what I mean? It's like spending the whole day getting up to answer the door. Maybe you think that's the way God is. Oh, here's, here's Rob again. <laughs> Rob again asking him for this thing. Just get on with it, Rob. Will you? Just snap yourself out. Just, just, just do what I told you to do. That's not the way our relationship was meant to function. I think the Bible is ridiculously clear again and again. You can't do what you're supposed to do in your own strength. You just can't. So God's greatest desire is that we would knock on the door. Head there open. Put it. Greatest desire. You have not because you ask not. What's the way he's saying that? So did you ask? His greatest desire is that you walk in relationship with him. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Maybe we misinterpret that sometimes. We, we look to it to be the big things. You know, it's, I can do all things whenever you want to do something really big and impressive, right? But no, it's an invitation into the all things. It's saying that there's not anything that exists in your life that God doesn't want to give you strength. He doesn't want to be in operation. There's not a bit of your life that he wants you to just beyond your own end, that, that he wants to walk with you in, in the all things, in the everything, so that you could have God's strength in your work, you could have God's strength when you get up, you could have God's strength in, in what you do with your family, God's strength in everything that you have to do today. Imagine that, that truth, I can do all things, I can do everything in the strength, in the strength of God. Yeah, that caused you to dream and do things you could never think you could do by yourself. But my realisation is life is that, in that I can't even just do the simple things by myself, with consistency. Like simple things God asks us to do. Love one another. Be patient. Don't be angry. Uh, find myself over time and just get realistic with myself. I can't do them with consistency, you know? I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. So there's a way of living where Christ has given us strength in, in, in everything. Work, family, relationships, eternal life, and sickness, and health. Like wedding bells. Like we're the bride of Christ, you know? It's like he's, we're described as that in scripture, yeah? The bride of Christ. It's like he's made this vow for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, in sickness or in health. I want to be with you. I'm committing myself to you. I want it to be not just a you, but, but an us. That we're together in this. So be strong in the grace. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. So this time last year, all these things popping off in my head in the Blondie Beach Club down, <laughs> down by the beach in La Mata. And, uh, and the Lord is just increasing this expansive view of inviting me to depend on his grace and all the things I was facing that, uh, that he wanted to be in them all. Because it was like water. It was like water to my soul. Um, and I remembered the language I was using. Yeah, the language I was using where I said, I have no grace for this stuff. 
But reading that morning, it made sense that I was operating, I was operating in my own grace. Basically, if you've run out of grace, Rob, it's not my grace you've run out of. That's inexhaustible. You're operating in the grace of Rob, and you've got to run out of that fairly quick, because you don't have a lot to offer. And I think, I think, well, I know, actually, God brought me to a low place to reveal to me that, that my grace isn't enough for this life. My strength isn't enough for this life. His, his is. That you're not as strong as you think you are, Rob. And uh, until I become convinced of that, I'm convinced that I would just keep burning myself just burning myself out and getting to a place of thinking of, of like packing it all in because I just can't do it. It was a gift that God brought me to that low place through whatever, through sickness, through struggles, through frustrations, through stuff not working out. He brings you to that low place, not so he can like laugh at you, see you trying to do it. He brings you to that low place so that you'll avail of the strength that he offers. That's what he'll do, guys. He'll orchestrate that in your life. At some point, God needs to reveal to you how weak you are. And uh, it doesn't feel nice. And uh, you probably won't like it. I didn't. Uh, but it's good news. <laughs> it's the best news, actually. Paul spoke about it. You know, in Second Corinthians, Paul speaks about this thorn in the flesh he had. Whatever it was, something tormenting him. He just kept praying, Lord, take it away. And uh, he says the Lord spoke back to him and he says this. My grace is sufficient for you. And it's not there, is it? My grace. So what's sufficient? My grace. My grace, my favour is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul, Paul says, Therefore I'm going to boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. See that? When I boast in my weakness, Christ's power could rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. If I'm honest, I don't know if I'm there yet where I would say I delight in these difficulties, right? But, but I, get, I, get the, I get the principle that that it's only when we recognize that we're weak that we're strong. If the Lord is bringing you to a place of recognizing, understanding, experiencing that you're weak, that's His grace at work in you. His grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in weakness. Well, boast in the weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on you. Guys, that's huge. It's telling us that the way, the way to know the power of Christ is to recognize our, our weakness, to come before Him as weak. When we're weak, we're strong. The world's not going to tell you that, yeah? The world's going to tell you, be strong, self-discipline, go after it, rah, 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 read this book, buy this stuff, drink this supplement, whatever, and you'll be, whatever we can sell you. And, yeah, and it's all going to work out. The Lord says you're weaker than you think you are. Um, you're also more loved than you think you are. And I'm also better than you think I am. And I also have more for you than you think I have. And the way into that is our surrender. The way into that is recognizing that our weakness. His grace is sufficient. How is God's power made perfect in weakness? Because as long as you're convinced of your own power, you don't avail of God's. I think that's it. It's simple. As long as you think, well, I can just do this. I can get through. I can, I can manage. Um, you won't avail of God's stuff. You just, you just go through the motions like Bernard said. And if you're satisfied in your own strength, that's, that's, that's all you'll ever know. I'm convinced that God, because he loves you, will inevitably bring you to the end of that that he'll stretch you in ways that exceed the limits of your own strength so that you come to rely on a strength that's greater in every way. Um, that's what he was doing with me this time last year. Um, that stretching doesn't feel good, but what's on the other side of it is, is better than what you have right now. It's better than what I had. And so I started just even in that week, this journey uh, with the Lord, working on my heart and the life each morning, 
of trying, like teaching my heart to esteem the grace, teaching my heart to, to recognize the grace that can make me strong. Uh, teaching my heart to confess my weakness before him so that I could rely on his grace, seeking his enablement. I found myself writing down stuff like, well, Lord, here's all the things that I have to do and all the things that are causing me stress and, uh, and confessing before him, writing down, I can't do that. I can't leave the church, Lord. I can't get home churches off the ground. Can't resolve this conflict. Can't get past that person who caused me hurt. Can't get. Can't stop reliving that situation in my head. Can't stop obsessing over this. Just, just listing it out. Here's what I can't do. Um, and for everything, you know, the answer is well, I can do that, Rob. I can do that. Okay, who told you you had to do that? It's, it's me. It's me. I work in here. That's that's meant to do it. And it was night and day, night and day difference, just, just confessing the weakness. And not even just at the level of the things I had to do, but even at the level of my motivation, right? Because that's where, that's where my struggle was. Like, I just, don't, I just don't even want to do this anymore. I've been able to say to the Lord, Lord, I just don't, I just, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't, if you want me to do this, you're going to need to give me even the motivation to want to do it. Like, not, not just the doubling down of my efforts, but now I'm going to pray more. I'm going to pray three times a day to see myself through this season. It's like, Lord, I don't even want to pray. If you want me to pray, you're going to need to give me the desire to want to pray. Just that deeper level of dependence on, it's not even up to me to, must, to muster it up. It's up to me to recognize my complete inability in this. And uh, as we profess our weaknesses, we avail of, of the strength when I'm weak. Then I'm strong. His grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in weakness. Grace to do what I need to do and grace to even want to do what I need to do the level of application and at the level of, of, of motivation. Look, uh, yeah, a very simple message, more testimony probably rather than exegetical, kind of like preaching from the Word. But I opened the Bible again on the 5th of July, which was Wednesday, to prepare a sermon. And the first verse I read is this, Be strong in the grace of the Lord. I'm so thankful for the last year of relying on the grace of the Lord in day life. See, none of them situations changed, by the way. <laughs> none of the work... None of the work that had to be done became any less work that had to be done. None of the, there wasn't any miraculous turnaround in any of the things, right? And my perspective of them in the middle of them changed. All of a sudden, my grace is gone. <laughs> All of a sudden, I strength to do And each morning, I would go down to the Lord and just, what do you want to do in by your grace today? And what do you want to do truly by, again, by your grace? My journal, just like, I would write, I would write a prayer, and then at the end, I would be like, by your grace. So I did that. That sense, it's like the Lord teaching me to recognize it's not about, it's not about the striving, Rob. It's not about just pressing on. It's not, uh, it's, 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 it's one of my grace. And, uh, and it was a game, like literally, it's a game changer. And it's lasted the last year when I hit that Bible reading again on the 5th of July. I'm so thankful to the Lord for just a different perspective, a different way of walking with Him that, that He's made me strong in Him and, and uh, enabled me to persevere. And I haven't gone looking on the job sites in the last year to try and find a way out. You know, I haven't, like, he's just been, he's just been faithful, you know what I mean? And your joy comes back, and the honour of being called to be part of his purposes comes back, and, and, and the motivation comes back, um, it comes back in that space of recognising it comes from him, and looking to him, looking to him for it. There can be roadblocks in our way, guys. Maybe one is awareness. You don't even know that the Lord wants to be in that stuff. You think you need to motivate yourself to do it. Hopefully, the Holy Spirit, even beyond what I would have said this morning, by, 
by his power would have said to your heart, made you aware, you don't need to be doing this by yourself. You don't need to be striving by yourself. I want to be, be with you. Second thing is we can be embarrassed. We can be embarrassed by your weakness. Nobody likes to face into that stuff. No one wants to be weak, yeah? But we need to hear this. The way to actually become strong is through confessing your weakness. That's to say, here's the deep irony, right? Listen to this, that our failure to admit our weakness is the very thing that keeps us weak. Failure to admit our weakness is the very thing that keeps us in that place. To confess before the Lord. Or we can feel unworthy of it, because very often what comes with feeling weak, what comes with being kind of knocked out of the race or frustrated and sin gets a hold of us, find ourselves behaving in ways we don't want to, and then we're like, well, I can't go to the Lord and ask him to help us. Sure, look what I'm doing. You should look at how I'm living, look at where my life is at. That's when we need to remember about God's saving grace, yeah? That I opened up with. That you have the favour of the Lord because of what Jesus accomplished on your behalf, yeah? Not because of how good you've done this week, not because you ticked the box, not because you've lived a righteous life, because he lived a righteous life on your behalf. You have access to the Father and the throne of grace in your time, in your time of need. And then there can be just a barrier of self-sufficiency and pride. And, and I don't know the way through that barrier other than the Lord bringing you to the end of yourself and realising your pride isn't getting you anywhere, Rob. Self-sufficiency. How's that working out? <laughs> how, how are you getting on with that? And you realise it doesn't. It just doesn't work. Or you can just try and distract yourself like I did. Well, I just need to spend some more time off in the mountains or off or whatever. Um, the only way, I think, is that God brings you to the place where you're willing to just face through those barriers and by the grace of God saying, if you want to do this in my life, you, you do it. I'm open. I surrender. I can't. You can. And um, being honest about where you're at by the Spirit of God. The deep irony of it is that he already knows, yeah? He already knows exactly where you're at. And he knows how to get you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Um, and I know this sounds counterproductive, right? But... Uh, but weakness really is the way to strength, guys. I've experienced it in my life. And uh, if you're at a place this morning where you're, you're weak in any way, and I'm still weak, <laughs> um, I just want to create the space for you to bring that before, before the Lord this morning. I'm going to read the devotional that I read that morning in a minute, and then I'm going to play, play a song um, just to give you a chance to, to, to press in in private to the Lord and say, Lord, here's where I'm, here's where I'm weak. Lord, if, whatever it is, just bring it before him. I've sinned. I can't stop. I've tried to stop. This behavior is controlling me. I feel like I'm a slave to it. I, just, I can't get past it. I've tried and I've failed. I need, I need your power. Just, just confess him before him. Lord, I can't forgive that person. I can't get over that hurt. I can't, I can't move past it. Tried and failed. It just keeps, it just keeps coming back. All right, Lord, I'm trying to feel. I'm trying to be strong for my family, but if I'm honest, I'm just exhausted. I'm honest, I just can't, it's just this relentless treadmill of trying to make things happen just has me, has me wrecked and I can't, I can't do it, I'm weak. I've no energy for people or I've no motivation for work or I don't care about things. I can't cope with my kids, I can't cope with my husband or wife. I'm lonely and it gets me down. I'm in a funk, I can't get out of it. Just whatever it is in your heart, I don't have any magic words for you. What I do have is a testimony of telling me that, that God's grace is able to supply everything that you need according to his And uh, I'm not special. Whatever he did for me, he'll absolutely do for you. Um, so I want to provide the, the opportunity for you to do that in your heart before the Lord, whatever your weakness looks like, to be able to confess it to him um, and see him come through in the strength 
Um, but Paul said, I will boast the more gladly in my weakness so that Christ's power might rest on me. Let me read. I told you, I read, um, I read those words, Be Strong in the Grace of the Lord. Um, and at the same time, I opened up my devotional book for that day. It was by a guy called Paul Tripp. And, uh, and here's, what he, here's what he said that morning um, on the 5th of July last year. He said, Weakness is the window to strength. Confessing your inability produces hunger for the power that's only ever found in Jesus. I've said it many, many times, and I'll say it once more in this devotional. Our problem is not our weakness. God's grace is up to the task. Our problem is our delusions of strength that keep us from seeking the grace that strengthens us in our weakness. We just don't like to be weak. We don't like to think of ourselves that way, and we don't want others to see us that way. So we act as if we know things we don't know, and we don't ask the questions we need to ask. We act as if we can handle things that we can't handle, and we don't seek the help that's available. We act as if we've conquered things that we have not conquered, and we don't reach out for help for the battle. It's all a failed quest for the self-congratulatory glory of independence. But we are not independent. None of us are. We were not created to be independent. We were formed to be dependent on the one who made us. And we were recreated in Jesus Christ to be dependent on his grace. Listen to this. These are some of the words that God used to change my life. God does not hold you to a standard of independent strength. God does not expect of you what you do not have. He knows who you are. He's never shocked or dismayed by your weakness. He has moved towards you in grace because you are weak. And you have no hope in life and death without him. The person who's shocked and dismayed by your weakness is you. It bothers you, it embarrasses you, it makes you want to hide and cover yourself. It causes you to play act in public and to deceive yourself in private. And your weakness will drive you crazy unless you understand the gospel of Jesus. And what is that message? It's a story of a strong and able saviour who showers his powerful grace on people who are fundamentally weak and unable. He confronts you with your weakness so you will run to, for him, run to him for strength. He calls you to mountains too big to climb so that in your inability you will look to him. He leads you to taste failure so that you will find your hope in him. He works to prove to you how weak you really are so that you will gladly accept his invitation to enabling grace. Perhaps it's not such a bad thing to come to the end of your rope if at the end of your rope you find a strong and willing saviour. So don't be afraid to cry out in weakness because when you affirm your weakness You're teaching your heart to esteem and celebrate the grace that can make you strong. Sometime in the next week you'll be confronted with your weakness. When you are, you'll either work to convince yourself you're strong or you'll run to the one who actually is. I want to play this song, a song by my friend Luke. We played it in worship a couple of times since, probably because this is what I was going through when the song spoke to me, and so I assumed I was going to speak to all of you guys. it's just a song with, with great honesty in it. Um, there's a line in it, I could tell you I was wholesome, I could tell you I was kind, but it would add, add to my deceit for you've seen me from inside, I'm weak. I'm weaker than I've ever been. And the chorus, it just, it just says love. It speaks about God being love. Like, love, I was hoping that you'd come try. Meet me here this morning, give peace where there is torment. Love, I was hoping that you'd satisfy the stranger that's been forming between me and who I am. But that line, the stranger that's been forming between me and who I am, you know we have this picture of who God has called us to be. And uh, very often we walk in a different identity. It's just, Lord, will you bridge that gap between who I'm meant to be and 
and the way that your day-to-day life looks right now. And um, I just want to provide a space as, as I play that song. Just bow your heads, even close your eyes if that's helpful to you. But um, just a space for you to bring before the Lord what your weakness is. I've got mine. Um, and the Lord in there, like I say, no one much more to say right now. Believing that the Holy Spirit will do the same for you. I just need to say, oh Lord, in faith I believe that by your Holy Spirit you will move each of our lives. And as you expose the weakness of us, Lord, that they will be like good news to us because we could avail of your strength. And I pray in these moments, Lord, deep transaction will happen. Even if it's for the first time, Lord, where we recognize that uh, you don't want us to do this alone. That there would be aspects and areas of our lives that we've just been struggling in and trying to do our best in and failing frustrations we would have, the things that cause us deep anguish and despair, the things that even bring us to depression or loneliness, Lord, um, our weaknesses. Would you even give us the grace this morning to expose them? But the power of your Holy Spirit is to be able to bring them into the light of your grace, to the light of your, your glory, to the light of who we are. And I pray that you would do a transaction this morning as we expose our weakness before you, humbly, Lord, in faith that, um, that we would receive, we would receive your strength. That you would come and lead us here this morning. You would come and lavish your grace upon us. And you would change our hearts, Lord, even as a year ago to this day, you changed my heart fundamentally, Lord. A new revelation of just what I could have in you, Lord. A new invitation to relationship. I pray that that would multiply among hearts here, Lord. And that you would do the same, Lord, for these my brothers and sisters to our own Lord, as you've done for me, Lord God. That they would be strong in the grace of the Lord. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. That's in Christ Jesus. Please.
grace, Lord. We receive your grace in every aspect that we need it, Lord God. It supplies all of our needs. It supplies all of our needs. Church, God is all in. He's all in in your life. I'm not holding back. He's all in. He's all over it. He wants to be in every, in every single bit. There's nothing you can't submit to him. There's nothing you can't look to him for. There's nothing that he wants to reject you in. He's, he's all in. I speak in revelation of that over your lives in this week. God will be close to you that piece by piece. He will reveal just how, how deeply he can satisfy yourself. Just how good a provider he is. The bounds of his, like the boundlessness of his, of his grace and his mercy towards you. I speak that over in Jesus' name. Amen.